All right. Good morning. Some of you are tired. I can already see. So we've kind of been going through transition. You know, we, we change things and we do new things. You know, as, as a church, we're starting new things. We, we do um, our connect classes on Wednesdays, and we're just starting new things to reach people. And as, as we do those things, as our church starts to grow, and as our church starts, as we start to teach more things, what we're doing is we're doing this, is we're teaching kingdom principles so we can grow and we can be more like Christ. So I was thinking about this yesterday, and I was sitting watching the fireworks, and, and something popped into my head, and and, but I w- I've been looking at these couple scriptures lately, thinking about these, because in order for us to become like him, we have to grow. But I was thinking about other, um, other ways that we grow to be like him. So I'm going to read the scripture to you. It's Matthew 13. It's Matthew 13. Three, and it says, Jesus told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted and withered under the hot sun. And since they did not have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns and grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as they had been planted. Verse 9, anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. What I was thinking about is, and what I was praying about this before service, and I came back up to my notes and God really wanted me to focus on something in it says in verse 6 it says some wilted and withered because they did not have deep roots they did not have deep roots and then it says in verse 8 it says still other seeds fell on fertile soil and produced a crop 30, 60 and 100 fold what's the difference between those two I already told you what the other one was they didn't have, the first one didn't have deep roots, and they wilted and withered quickly. The other ones had deep roots. If you guys have ever um, had plants, um, Sarah has this little rubber tree or whatever it is, and we've had multiple shoots of it. We've got one that's in this little container, and um, we've got other ones, and I planted a different one and in, in pulled one out of a small container and planted in a bigger one, but it's already starting to get to a point where I know it's going to have to be transplanted to something else. Well, we've got this one, and it's a single shoot, but it's been in there for a year. I guarantee you, if I pull it out by the stem, the roots, I can't remember what they call it exactly. What happens is the roots start to spiral. What they do is they grow out of the soil, and then they start to spiral, spiral around the outside of the plant. So what it does is all the roots go to the outside of the plant, and, and basically you could pull it up and no dirt would fall out because the roots go to the outside of the plant because it's running out of room to grow. 
it's taking up every place it can. So what it does is it goes to the outside of the plant and just basically wraps itself around and then goes back inside. So what you have to do with that plant is when you transplant it, you have to take the plant out, break up the roots, and then put it into new soil. Because what will happen is it will actually constrict, even if you put it in new, a bigger pot, it won't grow, or excuse me, it'll grow, but the roots won't expand out into the new soil. It won't grow the roots won't expand any farther than that and actually will start to kill itself off because it's not actually um, able to expand and grow its roots. So we look at that and Jesus said some, had, didn't, uh, some landed in the soil had, didn't have deep roots because the soil was shallow and soon that they sprouted up. You guys have ever planted something, you see it sprout up and you're like, oh, this is awesome. God is you know, watching something grow and then it just kind of, fades away and then you or um, a little bit of water a little extra rain um, you know something comes into the garden and pushes it over or a flower pot or whatever and it just doesn't have deep roots it just kind of falls over so we look at Jesus is telling us to grow deep roots he's showing us and telling us that you know in order to produce a harvest we have to have roots that are deeply planted in him, in his word, in his kingdom. And if you look at that, he says it was a 30, 60, and 100 fold. So, not everything that we plant is going to be a 100 fold return. Sometimes it's going to be a 30. Sometimes we, when we plant things, it's not how we should have planted them, but we've planted them. Sometimes how we um, plant things is just a, you know, a, a, an afterthought. We just kind of, oh, I planted it, and you don't really think about caring for it. But what I really want to talk to you guys today is about, in our hearts, in us, are we, plan, are we planting deep roots? Uh, one thing I wrote down before service on this is, and I can barely read my own writing, so that, that's bad. And <laughs> I have horrible handwriting, but... I wrote down, plant in yourself seeds that will flourish not just for one season, but will last every season of your life. Plant something in you, plant something that God gives you in your heart, in your life, that won't just last one season, won't last one season, and then you have to replant it. Plant it in your heart so that when it comes into your heart, it doesn't go away. It stays, it produces deep roots. Um, Sarah has a bunch of hostas in the front uh, flower bed, and every year I always ask her, I'm like, okay, what kind of plant is this? I can never remember. Is it a perennial or is it annual? I'm always like, what's this one? What's this one? Because I can never keep a track of which one comes back every year, which one has to be replanted. And so I'm like, I just point, her, point at that one. That one come back? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, that one comes back. And then I walk to that one. How about that one? She's like, that one comes back. That's this. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, what about that stem right there? She goes, nope, we've got to replant that. I'm like, okay. So I like what comes out of the garden. Don't know really what goes into the garden. Well, I do know what goes into the garden, but I just can't keep track of what. I'm always like, I want that one in the garden. She's like, well, we don't need that one. I said, I need that one in the garden. She's like, we have enough hot peppers. I said, you can never have enough hot peppers in the garden. I mean, come on. So God wants us to plant seeds in our soil. He wants those seeds to take root so that when seasons come and seasons go, nothing is 
gone. It's, he doesn't want to have to replant something in us every season. God is going to always plant something in, in us, in our hearts, in our, in our lives on a, on a regular basis. But God wants to plant something in us that is going to stay every year, every season is always there. Whether it looks like it's alive. How many of you guys know, have you ever seen hostas in the winter? They don't look, there's nothing. It's basically a stump. And then when they come back, it's like a little sprout and you're like, okay. And then also one day you walk out and it's just boom, there they are. And they're like, why are they covering the entire flower bed? We have in our um, herb garden, we planted mint. We planted like two little plants. And this year it's like a forest of mint everywhere. And we're just like, Sarah's just ripping it out here. Like, you want some, you want some. And we're just, you know, giving it to people because it's going to overtake. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants to plant something in us that when he plants it in us, it doesn't look like anything one season. You know, but it's constantly there and it's always going to be there. And what he wants it to do is that when he plants that in you and you allow it to grow inside of you, that it overtakes you. That, he, that what he plants inside you overtakes you and, and basically covers every part of your life. It starts to look like, I'll bring a picture one of these days and show you guys. And actually, I might just post it on our Facebook page and show you what our herb garden looks like because it's like a forest of mint in there and there's a few other things trying to shoot up between it but what it does is I look at that and God's saying allow me to plant something in you that's going to flourish it's going to reproduce not in just one season but every season of your life so that way in the in the dry times in the in the in the rain times that even though it doesn't look like it's there it's always producing it's always there it's always rooted um hostas have root systems that are very deep. And I shouldn't say deep, but they spread out and they reproduce each, with each other. And even though it doesn't look like anything in the winter, in the fall, it is there. So there's going to be seasons where people look at you and go, there's nothing there. Well, what, why, why are you so attracted to God and, and why do you love God and why are you so attracted to his, his heart and his kingdom because I don't see anything in your life but you'll know that God has planted something in you that no matter what it may look like it's dead but you know that there's a season when the fruit is going to come and when that when the bloom comes that there will be beauty in what he's planted in you not just for one season but for every season of your life because God doesn't just do something in us and say, here, this is just a temporary thing. God, everything God puts into us is for us to, it, it may be a temporary thing in our, in our, our life, but in a, in a spiritual way, it's for us permanently. He's growing us permanently. He's pl- pr- producing something in us so we grow continuously, continuously, and continuously. That way we don't, don't stay small. We grow in, in our, our love for God and our understanding for God. But what people want is they want that quick, God, I need this now and I need this quick seed, I need this quick harvest. And, and God's like, it's only been a half a season and you haven't even waited for the, the, for the fruit to grow in the season. There's a season, there's an old song from the 60s, says, there's a time for this and there's a time for that and there's a time for this. It's actually in Leviticus, if I remember correctly. But it's, it's a biblical there's a time to plant and there's a time to harvest. You don't see guys going out in the middle of July planting corn and then come back in the spring and say, okay, let's harvest it. 
There's a time that they plant it in the spring, and they know that by when they come back in July and August, that the that the, the plant is going to be five feet tall, six feet tall. Have you ever seen corn? All of a sudden, one week it's like you know that tall, and the next week you come by, it's knee high because of the heat and the rain. Because they understand that there's seed time and harvest. God wants to plant something inside of us that's going to be a seed time and harvest. You can, leave a, you can leave a plant in the ground and always have a stock. When God plants something in us, he's going to plant something in us, and it's never going to die. You plant corn, end of the season, it's just a stalk of corn. It dies, and you have to replant. God doesn't work that way. God plants something in us that's a permanent thing. I could kill that mint off, but it would probably take a lot to kill that mint off. God plants stuff like that in us, that it may look good, for a season, and then the next season, people are like, mm, I just don't see it. But you know there's, there's something in there. You've seen the, you know the roots are there. You know the, that the season is not at that moment. But God's saying, I'm, and, and people are looking at it going, oh, I don't know. But you like, I have confidence in God. I know what he's planted in my heart. I know the roots are in my, in my, in my soul, in my spirit, in my mind. And I know what the harvest is going to be like. I know what the bloom is going to look like. Every season, not just one season. You know, we, we looked at the fireworks last night. And the sea, we were watching, I was watching them, and I had my camera or my phone, and I had it on slow motion video, and I watched it when I got home. And it was cool to watch the, the um, little mortar go up, and you could watch the little trail of, of sparks go up, and then to watch it explode in really slow motion was cool because. It was opposite of what we see. You know, we want that, that quick seed and that we want that quick harvest and fireworks are pretty but short-lived. That's not how God works in us. We want, boom, we want it now. We want the microwave to throw our chicken nuggets in or our pizza rolls and throw them in there and go, okay, in, in 30 seconds I have food I, and I have what I want. I don't want to wait for it to warm up on the stove or the oven. I want it now in the microwave. And fireworks are cool, they're beautiful, but they're short-lived. And they leave us nothing. They, they don't leave us anything. They don't plant. They, don't, they just go up and boom. Oh, that was great. Next one. Oh, that was great. Next one. So what we do as, as believers, sometimes we get in that moment of, oh, there's a seed. Cool, I want the next one. Cool, I want the next one. And we don't wait and we don't enjoy or want what God has for us planted in a season. And we become shallow soil. And we're like, oh, that's great. I want this. I want it. And it fades. It's like a firework. Oh, it goes up and it fades. It goes up and it fades. We have the ability to be deep. It says deep calls to deep. And what that's saying is that God has a deep well and we are a deep well. And what he's saying is, what it says is, we can, when, we call, when he calls to us, we have a deep cistern. We can, we can allow the, 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 the presence of God into our lives. We can allow God to work in our lives. But we have to allow ourselves to be deep and not shallow. It says, the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. It reminds me of, 
of trials in, in, in our lives that when, if we have a seed planted and, and, we're, and we're in that, sh- and we are shallow in our, in our walk with God, in our, in our um, relationship with God, in our, in our just overall understanding of God, we're like that soil. We, the seed comes in and it sprouts up quickly, but as soon as trials happen, as soon as something happens that doesn't fit into our plan, it fades. We fade. We become pushed around. And the deep roots keep us connected to God. The shallow roots, as soon as something bad happens, it's like, oh, God let this happen. I can't, oh, I can't trust God anymore. Or why did God let this happen? Deep roots know that God doesn't let things happen. Deep roots know that God is in heaven, sitting on his throne, looking down and watching us and understand that he has all power, but he, doesn't have all, he is not controlling what goes on on this earth. He doesn't control every bad thing that happens. People are like, oh, I just, I wish God, why did God allow this to happen? That's a, that's a shallow root system going, and God's like, I don't do that. If you understood me, if you had a deeper root system, you'd understand that I don't allow these things to go on. This is out of my control because I've put you on earth to do what I've asked you to do. He told Adam and Eve, he goes, subdue the earth. Reclaim what was taken. We want quick, we want results instantly. You know, that's why you watch the infomercials. I love infomercials. There's some great ones out there. Like the Works GT, that's the best weed whacker ever. But it's really not. But it's like I'm so convinced by the end of that 30 minutes that I need that weed, that weed whacker. I'm like, and look, it flips, and you can do all this with it. And it's like, and it's probably the biggest piece of junk. And I'd go, I'd break it in like a week. But we watch these infomercials and like, or the workout infomercials. All you need is 10 minutes a day, and you'll look like this guy. But they don't tell you that he does that for 10 minutes a day and then three other hours in the gym beyond that point and doesn't eat anything. You know, and, you know all he's eating is protein shakes. But we, see, we as consumers see the, the infomercials and it's like, only 10 minutes, that's all it takes, that's all it need. all I need is 10 minutes to do this. And that's how we are with God. We want that quick result, we want that, that give it to me now, I don't want to wait for it. But something comes with patience. Something comes with taking your time, doing it the right way. You guys ever rushed anything and you're like, that was the stupidest thing I ever did. I should have just wait, taken that extra three minutes and done it. Yeah, that's like, that's like that $8 haircut. You're like, oh, I wish I had not done that because that was the worst thing I ever did. You know, And so many times we want to... Quickly go through it. Quickly go through the motions and say, okay, God, I'm deep. Give me everything and I'm deep soil. And you're like, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, good try. Keep going. But Paul says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin that so easily strips us. And I want you to listen to this part. It says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates our faith and perfects it. 
Paul says run with endurance. What is endurance? Endurance is the ability to go a distance for a period of time. Like they had the 5K yesterday. Did not run it. Just to let you know, didn't run it. Probably none of you thought I would run it. Um, I was planning on running it until I put a rib out and then uh, didn't run for like four and a half weeks and just kind of like got lazy. Paul says run with endurance. He's not talking about a 40-yard dash. He's talking about something that is a lengthy distance, a period of time. Even a 5K is short. He's talking marathon. When Paul talks about things, running things, he's talking idea of marathon. He's talking distances that are not normal to the human being. Not normal for every human being to run. So, we have to train ourselves to be deep soil, to endure for a distance. God said, I want to plant something inside of you, but you're not willing to endure the distance to see what the harvest is. I'm willing to plant a seed in you, but you're not willing to go the distance to grow deeper in me to see the faith. Because God's planting seeds in us every day, but a lot of times what we don't do is we don't go the distance to see them come into our life. We, we take that seed, oh, you know, we, we go to a conference or we get prayed for or whatever, and we're like, oh, that was amazing, and I got a great word, and I'm going to do it, and then three weeks later, like, what did they say? <laughs> There's also a scripture verse that says, write it down. Um, but God wants to do something in us. And he's planting things constantly. He's putting seed into us constantly. He's watering constantly. But he's saying, go the distance. Be enduring in your faith and be enduring in your waiting for something to produce in your life. Again, back to the microwave. We can't have everything in 30 seconds. My wife bought me a tea kettle, I don't know, about a year ago. And it's probably been her worst nightmare. Um, you guys don't know, I have an addiction to tea. Um, I have like mm, eight different kinds of tea in my house right now. Ten, no, nine. I got one in the cupboard. Um, but I drink a lot of tea. And I used to just warm it up in the microwave, and that was easy because I just had a cup of water. Now there's like a teacup, and I've got this funnel, and I'm measuring it out right, and I've got this box here, and I'm like mixing. I'm like being a scientist. I'm like, I'm going to try this kind and this kind together. And she's just like, oh, she comes in, really? She just looks at it because I'm all counter next to the stoves. All I'm just trying different ones. And she was like, oh, she's probably like, I missed the days when it was 30 seconds in the microwave, and he was done with it. She does. She agrees. But there's something to be said about waiting for your water to boil compared to the nuked water that is sitting, that is sitting in your cup. And it's something about waiting for God to do something in you instead of saying, oh, I got 30 seconds, hit me up, produce fruit, I need it, let's go. He doesn't work that. He's like, um, yeah, you're not even ready for what I'm giving to you. We have to cultivate our lives, grow, grow ourselves to, 
to be able to receive seed from God. But Paul talks about endurance. We have to train ourselves to become ready for, to receive from God. When we receive from God, then take the time, go the distance, go the, have endurance to wait through that season. You know, when, when a person runs a marathon, they just don't hop out there, put a, a strap a pair of tennis shoes on their feet and go, okay, let's run 20-some miles and it's going to be great. Uh, Sarah has a friend of hers, her husband ran the marathon. I said, are you crazy? And he is crazy. Um, hopefully he doesn't hear this. We, we have to train to run. We have to train to have endurance. There's a difference between a 40-yard dash and 20-some miles. We have to train to have endurance, but it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't just say, you know, you don't wake up one morning, go out for a run for a 5K and go, you know what, I think tomorrow I'm going to sign up for the Boston Marathon and we're going to run that. I mean, you can think that, that's great, but you know, nobody just goes and runs a 5K and just says, hmm, you know what, I think I'm good enough to run a marathon. It takes time. There, there's a barrier, if you talk to runners, there's a barrier mentally that it takes to get through certain uh, legs. And you, they start with a 5K, and it's like, okay, I got, I got this. You know, it was the whole mile thing, the um, time record for a mile. It took one man to break it. Nobody, oh, it won't be broken, it won't be broken. As soon as he broke it, everybody's like, hey, wait a minute. We can do this. He did it, I can do this. And then they break it. More people, more people just break the record. But when we run, when we, when we have, to have a nerd, you, you physically have to go a distance and push ourselves to go even farther. Mentally, sometimes, it's like, man, God is doing something to me, and I, I know it's there, but I can't physically step off of this, because if I do, it's going to be harder than what I've had to do. I'm going to have to be tougher mentally, and I'm going to have to, to step into something I'm not quite ready to have endurance to step into. So it's like, you know, I don't know. But we want God inside of the box that we think, of. Oh, God's going to plant something, and it's going to reap when I want it to reap, and I'm going to have the fruit I want, and it's going to be exactly a hundredfold like I want it to be a hundredfold. But God's like, you're not ready to have the endurance to go. You're not, you don't have the endurance to go. Christianity is not a quick burst and then, it's not a 40-yard dash and then we're done. Paul talks that we have to run the race. We run the race to finish it. It's not just a, a simple snap and then we're done. It's not a quick, a quick 40 yards and then, oh, oh my, I'm fully mature as a Christian. Paul also says, says, we harvest what we plant. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens in the way, in the way we obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get satisfaction from the job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself with anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. 
Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You all you will always harvest what you plant. Those who live live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay, death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired in doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should go do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So Paul says, so let's not get tired in doing good. Paul, if you look at Paul's writings, he talks a lot about endurance. This man had to have endurance because he walked basically through Asia and part of Europe. We can't expect something to produce in us and not be willing to wait on God for it. When we wait on God, He is going to produce a joy in us. He says, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. We have the ability to plant seed in our own life. God wants to plant something in us that will never fade, that will always be there no matter what season. But God expects us to do, have a responsibility in our walk with Him. We can't expect to come to church on Sunday, have something planted in us, and that be the only thing that plants in us for the entire week. We can't expect to go to a youth group, small groups, men's group, whatever it is, and expect that to be the only thing that gets planted in us for the week. You can't go, you can't go Sunday and Tuesday or, or Monday or whatever. You can't go twice a week to service and say, that's the only thing I'm going to get for the week. Because what it does is it robs the field of our heart. We're robbing ourselves. We're basically... only planting two seeds in the field of our heart. Our job is to plant seed in our own lives too. Our job is to plant seed in our own life. We cannot just wait for a Sunday morning or a, a, a Wednesday afternoon. We have to be daily planting something in us. Daily going to his word and saying, God, what do you have for me to plant in my heart that you want me to eventually reap? God, what do you want me to know? God, where in my heart is this scripture for the day? God, where do you want me to put this? God, what do you want me to have in my heart today? What do you want me to put into my heart today? God expects us to be proactive in in putting those seeds. He gives us the seeds on a daily basis. See, we can look at it and go, you know what, I've got everything I need. Now, what am I going to do? Am I going to take this seed and plant it in my heart or I'm just going to read it? Because if you just read it, it's just words. Without taking this and putting this into action, this is just another piece of paper. It's just another book. But God says, I give you seeds to plant in the soil of your, of your life, in your heart, but you can't just not do it. Farmers don't plant two seeds and go, man, this is going to be an awesome field of corn. (laughs) Which one do you think is going to sprout first? You know, we have to 
take his word and daily take that seed and plant it into our life. He's given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness here. Everything we need to deal with life, everything that we need to plant into the field of our hearts is here. But we have to take those seeds and cast them out and choose whether we want those in our heart. I can say in my life that there's been seeds that I've taken and said, you know what, mm, nope, and tossed them to the side. And then God gives you another chance and says, here. Later on he goes, here, here's that seed again. And you're like, this time I'm ready to do it. God gives us the ability to take his word and to plant seeds so it has root in our life. You're going to get seed on a, on a weekly basis when you come to church in small groups and, and whatever group, group that you're going to. But it's our job to take and say, you know what, I'm going to take the Word of God and I'm going to plant something in my life daily. Wake up in the morning and go, okay, God, what are, we, what are we going to farm today? What are we going to farm today, God? What are we going to, uh, what are we going to plant? What are we going to water? And what are we going to reap today? Our lives should be a natural progression of that. Sowing, watering, and reaping. We should be able to say, God, I'm going to plant this in my heart today, God. And then later on that day, God's like, this is, you're going to reap something today that's going to be great. And it might be just something small, but every day you're reaping something with God. Say, God, I grew in this. Man, I'm grown. And also, you guys ever had that moment where it's like, you've had it in your heart, and all of a sudden it comes to full bloom and you're just like, ding, I get it. That's when God says, it is now at harvest time. And then you get it and, and you understand it and you're like, revelation, I just got it. And God's like, now it's time to harvest that and put it in the storehouse of your heart. So that way when something else comes, you can go back to that storehouse and go, okay, that's what the answer is. That's how I deal with the, with the problem. That's how I deal with the attack of the enemy. Whatever it is. But God wants us to plant something in our hearts. Sow that seed in your heart. Take what he's given you. Take your hand reach down into that bag or that bucket of seeds and say, you know what, today I'm going to take this one. I'm going to put it in my heart. And then water it. Water it. Water it. Plant another seed. Water it. Water it. And then eventually it'll come to bloom. It'll come to harvest. And then God's like, see, look what I've planted. You can't plant one seed and expect, you can't plant one acorn and expect a forest. You have to plant multiples. So when we plant, God says, plant all these seeds I've given you. Plant the seeds other people have put into your life. Cultivate it, cultivate it. Weed it when you have to, water it. But then when it comes to full bloom, when it comes to harvest, God says, see what I've done. And when you see what God has done in your life, say, I see 30, I see 60, and I see 100. Because that's what God is doing in us. We may only, in our lives, we only may see 30 and be like, oh, God, I expected 100 fold. God's like, you haven't waited long enough. You haven't waited on me long enough. You haven't had the endurance to go because all you're seeing is 30, but I've got 60 and 100 coming, but you've got to wait on me. 
take the seed, plant it in your heart, make sure the soil is deep, make sure the roots go deep, and wait for him to say, you know what, now it's time for harvest. So many times we go out and go, hmm, I think I'll harvest it now. And it's not quite ready. It's not quite to the full potential that God has for it. And then we're like, it wasn't quite enough to make it through. It wasn't quite enough for what I needed in my life. And God's like, now I'm going to plant it again. And you're going to work on it. And you're going to do it. And then it will come into harvest.